today actually marks for us uh, 10 years of pastoring, and so I thought I would bring a different message this week. And so I hope you're ready for a, a new message. You can put in the chat 10 years. That's a pretty big milestone. We were 25 when we started, and we're obviously 35 now. Uh, if you're good at maths, then you know that's a pretty simple one. We're 35 now. Uh, I started with no gray hairs, and I have at least six now. So I'm a little bit disappointed about that. But And I've got one random one in my beard, but we won't talk about that. I try to Get it out there. I don't know what you're looking forward to in as the levels come down. I'm just looking forward to my haircut, honestly. I, I booked it in when we went to level two. I was obviously too late, had to wait a little while, but I'm looking forward to my haircut. Maybe Auckland people, you can say what you're looking forward to. Uh, KFC, no doubt, McDonald's, uh, whatever else, seeing your friends, family, maybe getting out of Auckland, who knows? But um, I'm looking forward to a haircut really, really soon. Um, my message today, let me just find my notes, uh, bear with me. Uh, actually, it, my message today, yeah, well, it's called Embrace. That's what the message today is called, Embrace. I want to actually start by just honouring, uh, I want to honour Katie, my awesome wife, and uh, for journeying with me over these 10 years. It's been such a privilege to learn to lead together. I want to honour my kids who have... Uh, Three of them started the journey with us and then we added a fourth while we were along the way and uh, they've just been so amazing and had a grace for it as we've gone. I want to honour Debbie, uh, the founding pastor, and we just bless you and thank you for being such a vital part of our community. And I want to honour you and your ex-husband, Grant, because without you, we wouldn't be here and none of this would be here. And we appreciate all the years of sacrifice, of generosity, of faith to take the risk to pioneer a church like this. And I want to thank all of the people that have been a part of the journey in any way, shape, or form over the years, because you've all added to the fabric, to the texture of what this thing we now call Curate is. It's had different names from Mountain Vineyard to Mosaic to Curate, but we've all, all of you have added to the fabric of it. And I want to thank especially our current staff uh, who are just sowing in, believing, doing great things for God, and uh, none of this would be happening without their sacrifice. And so just want to honor and just express our thanks to every single person who's a part of it in any way and has been a part of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It really has been the privilege of our lives so far to be able to pastor this church called Curate. So thanks for being a part of it. Proverbs 16.9, as we uh, go into this message, embrace. You can put that in the chats. Embrace, embrace. 16.9, Proverbs 16.9 says this. In his heart, a man plan, plans, a man plans. In his heart, a man plans. In, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. This is such an interesting proverb because I've read it quite often as like, yeah, I plan my course and the Lord clearly agrees. And then he just determines my steps on how to get to the course that I've planned in my heart. But as I've learned over the years that that is not what the scripture is saying at all. It's saying like man has his plans, but the Lord's plans will actually be what happen in the end. 
It's sort of saying it's nice for man to have a dream. It's nice for man to have plans. But the Lord is actually the one who shapes the journey and where this thing is going after all. And because of that, I want to talk about this idea of embracing. Look, over 10 years of pastoring, I've noticed that most of the most significant moments in our lives and in our church would have been easy to miss. In fact, some of the most significant moments aren't recorded. There aren't any photos. There wasn't any preparation. We didn't know they were going to be significant. And it's only through living out the story over the years that we can look back and go, man, that was a significant moment. But we have to recognize in our lives that the most significant moments often don't have flashing lights above them. They don't have signs. Actually, they just look like obscure, mundane moments. That the the big, significant, miracle moments normally don't come with warning. They don't come with preparation. They don't come with flashing lights letting you know this is a significant moment. Get ready. They just come and the significance that God has gets birthed out of them. Man plans his steps, but the Lord, man has his plans, but the Lord determines the steps and the Lord has a plan. And, And I've really noticed this over the years. Katie and I have noticed this, that those most significant moments would just be so easy to miss if we're not careful because we don't even realize they're happening sometimes. I think back to 16 years ago, Katie and I had just moved back from Australia after like getting married a few months before beforehand. We didn't have a church to call home. We felt like God was calling us into something new and we weren't sure where that was. And so we'd just been praying and talking about where church home would be for us. And then Katie's sister, Sarah, just on a Wednesday night at about six o'clock said, hey, why don't you come along to church with me tonight? I'm going to this place, Mount Vineyard, and the service is on at seven o'clock. And so we thought, well, let's go. Little did we know that we would walk into what has been our home for 16 years. It didn't feel like a significant moment. The invitation didn't have like the spirit of God on it being like, oh my goodness, yes, that's it. That's the one. It was just a, a casual invitation and it was just a casual sort of RSVP. And we came along, but when we came along, we just, we found our home. It's the significant moment, but with no flashing lights. And who would know that that one choice to receive that invitation that night would turn into the 16-year journey so far that we've been on to. And so much of life is like that. Katie shared last week about just an incredibly profound spiritual moment that we had in our home about a month or two before we became the pastors of the church. And What was going on at that time, the church was sort of going through a crazy, difficult time. We were in like senior leadership in the church, even as young people. And we were, to be honest, we were struggling with how to walk out the season. We were struggling with clarity. We were struggling to know what being faithful looked like in it. We were struggling to know what God was doing. And all we wanted to do was just, we just wanted to do what he wanted us to do. And so we took some time to reflect on a prophetic word that had been given to us about five years before that from from the pastors, but they didn't know us at the time. And so we got the recording of the prophetic word because we wanted just some direction on what is God doing? What's going on? And as we listened to the prophetic word, the crux of it was that, hey, this isn't God's, like this is God's plan A, not God's plan B. And as we listened to those words, we had the sense that we're in the right place 
We were in the right place at the right time. We didn't even know what was to come. But in that, God turned up in this significant moment. And, and we believe in reflection that what God did is he put the mantle of leadership on us that night. But it didn't have the flashing lights. We didn't know it was going to be the significant moment. We're just trying to be faithful, trying to walk out obedience, trying to embrace what is happening in our lives. And there's the significant moment. I could think of so many. I could think of this time when I was, I dropped my mum at the airport and it was around a similar time to this. And I um, was driving back from Auckland late at night. And uh, this is obviously not in level four. This is like, you know, 10 years ago. And, and I was driving back late at night and I just put some worship music on and I'm a bad singer, but I just, I just started to sing along to, actually I remember the album, it's 2005, Hillsong United, what a great album. Uh, if you think that's a great album, you could put that in the chat. But I just started to sing along to the, these songs and just the spirit of God, he just, he broke me. And he, he, he ministered to me and I just, I was driving. I'm glad it was the middle of the night because I'm weeping and I'm struggling to focus on the road. And I just, I didn't know what was happening. I got home at two or three in the morning and went to bed, but I woke up and the next day I, I was different. I was a different person. As people asked me questions, I felt like what God gave me is a different perspective that night on ministry and a different strategy and a different way of looking at ministry. Because as I would get into meetings and talk with people, I was like, New things were coming out of my mouth that I'd never thought of before. And, and it's the significant moment, but I, I would have never known that. I was just trying to follow the Lord. I was just trying to embrace what was going on. As a church, we had in our first year, the significant moment. We had a, a little family camp in, in a Hopi, in a Hopi Christian camp. And honestly, it just, it, it, it was no frills. We were a hurting, broken church at that time. And we gathered together for a bit of worship, a bit of prayer and some surfing and some good times. And, you know, we didn't pray leading into the camp. Something great would happen. Honestly, it just, we we're just trying to get by at that time. Just trying to, I guess we're sort of just trying to go through the motions and keep people together and love people. But man, the spirit of God turned up in that camp. Honestly, I can't, it's hard to, if you weren't, I know there's some people, if you were there and you're on this chat, you can say, I was there. But you know, and I know there's plenty of people, part of our church who were there, but it's just this bizarre time where the person who came to speak, Don Barry, he actually gave a message in tongues. I know it's like crazy. He's like, I'm sorry. It's just what I feel led to do. And uh, that's a rare thing. And, and then we interpreted the tongues for the next couple of hours. And through those interpretations, there was healing and there was ministry and there was recovery and there was new life. And it was like God was taking this thing that was in tatters, this church, and he was getting it ready for what is to come in the spirit of it. But it's just, it didn't have flashing lights over it. It didn't have a big sign like, this is the big moment. It was just walking out another moment that God would turn up in. I mean, we can talk about walking into this old pub that had been closed down and taking the faith step to lease it out and it be sort of like our church home as we're the pastors, our first church home and and just the things God did there. But we didn't know when we're walking into this old pub that this would be the birthplace of what would be this fast-growing sort of revival atmosphere, God-on-the-move church. It just felt like signing another building. Um, 
my I remember the first day turning up to work for who is now my good friend, who's been a mentor to me. Stefan Greenway is a board member. He's been an elder in our church for so many years. But, you know, I remember the first day turning up to work for him. I didn't know I was turning up to a significant relationship in my life. I just thought I was turning up to a job. But God had more for me than that. And as I embraced working for him, as he corrected me along the way, we've been able to foster this lifelong friendship. And I wouldn't be who I am without you, Stefan. I know you're tuning in today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look, we could talk about so many things, story after story after story. But I've noticed this, that the more I try to make the future happen, the less it seems to happen. The more I try to make the future happen, the less it seems to happen. And I don't know how you feel about your life right now, but no doubt many of us, most of us, all of us face disruption to the plans of our heart. But I wanna, I wanna call us today with a fresh embrace to the way the Lord is directing our steps. Your plans may have been derailed. Your strategies may have been derailed. Maybe in your business, it's like, man, it's going to take a month or two months for every week you've experienced disruption to catch up. And that's derailing your plans. Maybe your family plans, maybe your travel plans, whatever it is, there's like all of maybe your dating plans. You know, there's these things that have all been derailed and disrupted and they were the plans of our heart. But I want to call us to embrace the fact that the Lord is still directing our steps, that in all of this, God has steps that may have been different to our plans. And if we can learn to embrace them, there is a life, there's a vitality, there's a significance, there's a soul sort of like peace and transformation that happens when we learn to embrace. I've felt so often in my journey, and I feel like this is a word for people out there, that the Lord has said, would you get out of the driver's seat? Would you get out of the driver's seat? I know that the driver's seat is the place of control. You know, we, we, we were holding the steering wheel, we're controlling the speed. I know when I hop in the car, even with Katie driving and she's not a bad driver, sort of, I don't know. Um, she does put a lot of scratches in my car, but um, she, she's not that bad of a driver, but there's a sense of when I'm not in control, it's like, man, are you braking soon enough? Are you, are you going a bit aggressive or whatever it is? Are you focused? Because that's the, but we all love being in control of our lives. We like that sense of control, but I think God is just going, man, there's a peace, there's a restfulness, there's a relaxedness if you will hop out of the driver's seat into the passenger seat and when you trust the driver, so maybe actually this is more about my trust issues for Katie the driver, but we'll deal with that another day. Um, that's not the point of this message. The point is to trust the great driver that is Jesus, that he knows how to direct our steps. He knows the right pace. He knows the right turns. He knows how to take the corners. He knows where we're going and we can trust him if we just get into the passenger seat a little bit. I want to free you. This is the year of freedom. God doesn't need you to do anything spectacular. God doesn't need you to bring the spectacular. He's got enough spectacular for, to go around. He just needs us to bring the faithfulness. 
He just needs us to bring the obedience. He just needs us to bring the trust. He just needs us to bring the embracing him as being in control and relying on him. And he can bring the spectacular into your life. I think the message we need in times like this is just embrace. Embrace your life with how it's going. I'm not saying like, like don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying like, accept all of the bad things, or I'm not saying, um, like, accept things the way they are as if that's always the way they have to be. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but just embrace how God is leading you in this season. There's so much out of our control, and that's okay because God's in control, so we can relax. We can rest. We can go, well, my plans seem to be going, you know, to the something that I shouldn't say on online, you know, they seem to be going there, but that's okay because God's plans aren't. God's plans aren't going to that. God's still making all things new. God's still redeeming the world. God's still working miracles. God's still healing hearts. God's still saving lives. God's still transforming us. God's still giving us his righteousness. God's still giving us his mercy. God's still pouring out his forgiveness. God's still giving us his grace to get through every day. So while our plans might have gone to that, God's plans have not that he is in the midst of however your life is right now. Man, I've been having to live this out because I've been talking about this with the church, but for a year, I'm probably it's probably been longer, but before, for a year I've been dealing with this thing that I've recognized as burnout. And it's so tough. It's so tough getting up every day feeling exhausted and fatigued. It's, it's hard leading in the midst of burnout. It's hard being kind to yourself. It's hard... Um, feeling unmotivated when you're sort of like a more like an A-type personality driven and going. It's hard um, not having to, not being able to offer what you normally offer. And, you know, I've been been in this for at least a year now. And honestly, it's tough, but I have to go, gosh, it's tough. It's not the way it's always going to be, but it is the way it is now. And I hold on to hope and I continue to journey through recovery. And I recognize that things, that some things help the process and other things hinder the process. And I try to be obedient and wise in that. But I have to just embrace the fact that God doesn't need me to be somewhere that I'm not right now, that he's right where I am and he's right where you are. And if we can stop trying to be where we're not, and, and, and try and restore our plans all the time, but just embrace the fact that the Lord is directing our steps in the midst of our life right now. There is freedom. There is health. There is life in that place. Embrace your life and love God through faithful obedience. Just love him through faithful obedience. I know things are falling apart. Love him through faithful obedience. I know things are uncertain about the future. Just love him through faithful obedience and learn to live responsive in this time. I wonder if that's part of what God is doing, that we're so used to being the activators. We're so used to being the initiators. I'm an activator sort of personality. I'm a get up, make it happen, make it happen today sort of person. But you know, the, the, the secret to living well and living like Jesus lived is to live responsive to God not as the initiator, but the responder. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father saying, and I only do what I see my father doing. And there's the sense that his life was actually in response 
to the Father. And our lives are supposed to be the same. We're not the ones setting the agenda. When we get out of the driver's seat, we hop in the passenger seat, we trust the driver, man, the journey gets so much more life-giving. So learn to just live responsive, embrace him as the activator in your life and that you can just respond to him. There's, um, there's a story in the scriptures and it's about Abraham. And uh, Abraham is just like, he's our model of living responsive to God. He didn't try to be the father of the many nations. He didn't try to be the, you know, the father of our faith. He was just going about his business one day and God came and spoke to him and said, would you leave the land of your fathers? And when you go to a land, I'm giving you. And he packs up everything and he goes. He just trusts. He lives responsive. And then halfway, he sort of, you know, he gets called again. And then when he gets to the land, he gets called about different things and he doesn't get everything perfect. And that's like should give us great comfort. But he just keeps trusting and following God. When he's barren and his wife's barren, it's sort of like, the, the father says, you're going to have a son. And he just trusts for years that he's going to have a son. And, and sometimes he sort of wait. He, he, we read the story about them sort of trying to make it happen in human terms. But the scripture says he was unwavering in his trust in God in Romans 4. And I just love that story. And one day he gets to this place where um, God actually, he's had his miracle son. And God asks him to sacrifice his son. It's sort of like this mind-blowing head twist sort of story. I mean, many, many people believed in child sacrifice in that times and that that's what the gods were expected. So that would have fit within Abraham's sort of mindset, I guess. And he said, go to this place. And he goes and he leaves his servants behind halfway there. And he goes up with just his son. No fanfare, nothing spectacular. I doubt even Abraham thinks he's doing this great thing for God. He's just following God every step of the way. And just as he gets ready to sacrifice him, which is this terrifying, you know, it takes more time to unwrap that story. The voice of God cries out to him and says, don't harm the child. And then they realize there's a ram caught in the thickets right there and they sacrifice the ram instead, which is a whole nother story. And, and what, I, what I, why I'm telling this story is like, Abraham is our example of faith, of living as people of faith. But what faith looked like for Abraham was just faithful obedience. It was just walking out every step of the way, just in trust and in loyalty to God. That's sort of what faithfulness is. It's trust and loyalty. Faithfulness really is the fullness of faith. It's the full expression of faith. Sometimes we think of faith as like calling down miracles and making great things happen with God. But the, the fullness of faith is just faithfulness. It's this trust, this loyal obedience. Faith looks like keep waiting. Faithfulness looks like keep walking with God. Faithfulness looks like keep the course. Faithfulness looks like just keep living to the pattern that Jesus has set out for us. Just keep trusting him. Keep getting back up. Keep thanking him. Keep loving his people. Keep believing in what he wants to do. And as Abraham did this, these amazing things happen. I think this is what's going to happen for us as we learn to embrace more. These things are going to happen for us. We're going to discover more of who God is as we stop trying to be the spectacular, but trust him and just faithfully follow him and faithfully obey him. We're going to discover more of who God is. Abraham learned two big things about God that day on the mountain. One, he learned that this God is not like the other gods and does not require child sacrifice. 
And the other thing Abraham learned is that he learned that God is the provider. And even though Abraham couldn't see how there could be another way out, God was the provider. And the more we stop trying to make things happen and the more we let the Lord direct our steps, the more we learn who God is. Because we're not trying to show God who we are all of the time. Instead, we're getting an opportunity for God to show us who he is. We stop trying to show God how great we are and we get to discover how great he is when we learn to just embrace through faithful obedience. The second thing that happens is that we actually have the destinies and the purposes over our life confirmed over us as we just embrace this way. That's what happened to Abraham in Genesis 22. After this whole story, God speaks out again and says, I am going to bless the whole world through you because you've obeyed me. You are going to be a man man who gives like lineage to many nations through whom the whole world will be blessed. And this whole like dream and destiny of Abraham gets confirmed, not through his spectacular, just through his faithful obedience. I think that's what's going to happen because through faithful obedience, what happens is what God has promised to our lives, it gets a chance to be solidified in our soul. It gets a chance to be believed in in faith, not because we see it happening, but because we've been given the fortitude of our inner world through those testing times. And the third thing that's going to happen as we embrace is we're just going to become an example for other people. Abraham becomes the father of faith because he's the example of faith. And we're going to become the example to many other people in their lives of just how to embrace God through the tough times and how to embrace through all times and stay in step with him. So I want to say, embrace embrace him. Embrace God in these times. Keep spending time in his presence. Keep just embracing him and, and being close to him and fostering your relationship with him. Embrace his story. Continue to believe the grand story of God, which is he is making all things new. It might look bad right now, but he's making all things new. That is his promise. He is writing a redemptive story with our world and with our souls and with our families and with our lives and embrace your life in his story. You might not be able to go about it in the way that you had planned, but the Lord directs his people's steps. So just trust and embrace that wherever you are in life right now, you can follow God right there. You can know his peace right there. You can know his joy right there. You can know his life and that soul restoration right there. I'm living it and I know that you can be living it too. You know, 10 years ago this weekend, something really significant happened, but we didn't know it was significant at the time. We got prayed in as pastors and honestly, we didn't even think it was significant. We were just trying to faithfully obey God and it seemed like the next step he had for us. In fact, we thought it was so insignificant. We didn't even invite Katie's family to come share the moment with us. We didn't even, we didn't even realize all of that. We just We were just doing the next thing. And I think, you know, not in any way of gloating, you know, that our heart's certainly not for that. Um, But we would look back at 10 years and go, that was a really significant moment. All of the lives have been changed. All that God has been able to do, 
honestly, we just pinch ourselves that he would let us be a part of what he's doing. And most of the time it feels like it's in spite of us, not because of us. And, you know, we humbly just try to carry and walk out this journey. But there was this insignificant, significant moment 10 years ago. and But it didn't come about because we were trying to make something happen. It came about because we were just embracing the next thing God has for us. And I want to encourage you, a spectacular story like has been written with our lives and is only just starting to be written, is wanting to be written with your life too. God has put gifts in your life. God has put purpose in your life. God has put destiny in your life. We're not special. We're just people that have opened up our lives to be used by God. And all of us, in all of our different ways, through our families, through our businesses, through our small groups, through just living our lives and our friends and our careers and our dreams and all of these things, God wants to actually write something quite spectacular in his own grace with each of our stories. And so I want to encourage you, it doesn't have to look spectacular to become spectacular. Just faithfully obey and walk in obedience, embracing what God is doing in your life today. And you'll see more than you could have ever asked or imagined happen in your future. Katie and Hayden are going to come and uh, wrap up in just a moment. But I just want to pray for you before they do that. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for everybody who was a part of our church, who was tuning in today, who was visiting with us. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Lord, would you help us embrace what you are doing in our lives right now. We recognize in our hearts, we do make our plans. But God, we want to surrender our plans to you directing our steps. Lord, would you speak to each of us right now about what we need to embrace and what it would look like to walk in faithful obedience in the season we're in. God, we love you. We want to embrace you. We want to embrace your story. Would you help us to embrace our lives in your story? And would you do immeasurably more than we could ever ask and imagine according to your great power that is within us through our lives. We surrender our lives to your purpose. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.